This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. All right, everybody. I am here with Joe Marechko, the 2020 season challenge champ. Joe, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Coach. Thank you very much. Very proud and happy to be here. So, Joe, to, to win this tough – sorry, this challenge, to actually be the challenge champ, you had to go through one man, Joe Sarno. The competition, the final competition, was a 100-yard prowler push there and back with a 45 on each side and a 25 on each side. Can you talk me through, first of all, what it was like having to go against what many would consider to be the man and what it was like watching him go before you even went? Yeah, especially in 2020, um, not only was the, the, the season and the year going as 2020 has gone for everyone in the world, but uh, of course the stars aligned for me to have to go against the, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joe Sarno. So uh, just knowing that going into the challenge uh, that he is, in my estimation right now, uh, pound for pound, the, the best guy we have, um, it was going to be an uphill battle. It, it was a challenge that, as you know, uh, took a few weeks to develop, and once we finally got to it, uh, he went first. I saw him go uh, pretty flawlessly the 100 yards in the first place, which I didn't think either of us would have an issue with. Um, it's at that point more about getting it going in speed. And I was just waiting to see if he would have any fatigue whatsoever. And uh, sure enough, right around the 50-yard line, uh, it was almost like the brakes were slammed on, on the prowler at 50 uh, for him. And then in my head, you know, seeing that right away, I, I, the, the alarm went off in my head. And I, I knew that that was going to happen eventually. I didn't know where it would happen uh, with it happening to him at the 50 yard line on the way back. I thought me, it would probably happen uh, less than a hundred yards because I know what, what, what kind of an athlete Joe is. So um, it was definitely a struggle to get it back. So then I went, I think I did according to Billy Blanco, who was the honorary uh, line judge down at the other end. I had a, a pretty flawless turn on the prowess. Uh, spinning it around and was able to get it going back in the right direction uh, with, with a lot of speed and a lot of effort. But then, I mean, almost to the exact point of the 50 yard line, uh, my legs started locking up that thing, you know, all of a sudden it, it's, it's real hard to move. Uh, your legs just don't want to go anymore. It's more uh, now, not just pushing the prowler, it's, it's pulling your legs with you. It's, it's getting those legs driving and, Every time you drive, it feels more and more like, you know, more weights coming behind you on your feet. So um, the only other time I've ever felt that way is I, I did a triathlon and, and my legs locked up on about the last mile of the run um, part of it. So same kind of thing, just had to muster through. And fortunately, uh, I, I think I had him by about three seconds. So 
Uh, it really came down to it, but um, it was it was awful. And then, I mean, feeling afterwards, especially that was my legs didn't feel right for about a half hour. Uh, no matter if I stood up, sat down, stretched them, bent them, whatever worked, it nothing was working. So it uh, it was it was pretty pretty grueling. We got to backtrack for a second. When did you run or do a triathlon? I was a sophomore in college. I did it as a bet. Uh, two actually two female basketball players uh, at my college I was the mascot for the girls basketball team at that time uh, they challenged me to do it I agreed of course I wound up being the only one of the three of us to do this triathlon and complete it but uh, I was in the Philadelphia triathlon yes sir How, like was it like a full like uh no it was, I, I guess it was a mini a mini one so it was uh was it, it was a, a two-mile swim a 15-mile bike and a 5k which is 3.3 mile run I believe that's Vinny Ferranti's warm-up before an Ironman. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's nothing uh, – like, that's probably why you never heard about it. It's nothing to write home about necessarily, but – Well, I, I know I probably could not com- compete complete that event anyway, uh, the, the mini one, so I tip my hat to you. I, I want to go back to the challenge because I, I think it's important to note a couple things. One, Sarno went first. Uh, we, we did that just based on points and the fact that we had to keep postponing the event. This should have been done in August, but we had to push it back to November. Two, you made a critical point in the fact that there was an agreement made to just go high handles both ways. So when you got to the end of the 100 yards, you literally had to rotate the entire prowler around versus just rotating yourself around the prowler. And then number three, you both at about the 50-yard mark on the way back start to hit uh, the proverbial wall. Now, when you see a guy like Joe Sarno, who is a dude, start to fatigue, does that pump you up or does that scare the hell out of you? Scared the hell out of me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm realistic. You know, I know where Joe Sarno has always been uh, in my estimation as far as an athlete, like I said before. Um, he's a dude. I mean, he is the dude in our group as far as I'm concerned. And to see that, you know, again, now it's in my head for the remainder of his time, seeing how grueling it is for the last 50 yards. And then, you know, I'm still trying to get in my own head. All right, like I know this is eventually going to come. This That wall is going to be hit. Where am I going to hit it? Uh, am I going to embarrass myself? Is it going to happen before I get to the hundred? You know, there, now there are so many things flying through my head. Um, whereas if I, I think if he didn't hit a wall, if he just would have completed it with no issue, uh, then in my head it would have been just about speed. And at that point, you know, whether I would have won just based off that, um, that's a whole nother issue. But that's something that, you know, that the embarrassment factor doesn't come in, and that's a big thing to me. Now, were you watching his entire run from an angle? Because what I saw was that he did not go straight. He was and straight, right, correct. The ground was moist. So he, I showed him after his run, you can actually see prints of the prowler. He did not go in a straight line. Did, that, did you see that or did you not even pay attention to that? I did see that. Yeah, I absolutely saw that. And, uh, I mean, when you're going full out, sometimes that happens, as you know, whether it's on sliders, whether it's on the prowler, whatever it may be. Um, but I was cognizant of it and tried to make sure that I was, you know, as straight as possible. And I, looking back on my lines, they, they were much more straight. I didn't, uh, you know, that, that might've been the three second difference a little bit sideways. I think he, if I can remember in my head, closing my eyes now, maybe it was like a five yard difference, uh, for left to right. Uh, whereas, you know, just keeping that straight, that might've been the difference. So I gotta ask, we were supposed to finish this thing in August but we ended up doing it in November because of good old life. Did that time period help you or hurt you? Did it help you prepare or did it hurt you because you just constantly overthought about what was going to happen? No, it helped me. Um, 
I, I think a, a former Joe Marechko, an earlier life Joe Marechko, it would have hurt for sure. Um, but now being the 31-year-old the, the mature perspective person I am, it definitely helped. I was able to uh, continue to work, continue to work out, continue to work on my diet, continue to prep the correct way and uh, know what it was going to take. So let's talk about the, this challenge. This was not the actual challenge the way it was supposed to be. So traditionally, if we have two guys that are neck and neck, what I, what I say to them is you each pick one challenge. Uh, I'll see if I like those challenges or not. And then usually if they're neck and neck, if the guy who's lower in points wins, you go again. And then the guy, whoever wins that second match wins. You guys uh, did not give me one. You let me throw one out. So what I threw out was every, uh, the guy who's in first place gets a choice. That would be you, Joe. You would get the choice. Right. The choice would be to either do a 100-yard slider or a 100-yard prowler there and back, but the prowler on the way back had to be a low handle. And uh, I think you instantly hated me for bringing up that challenge. Can you explain why you hated that challenge so much? <laughs> well, as you know, the sliders are still the bane of my existence. Um, so I knew that you had put me in a situation being that I had to choose that uh, I either had to face my demons and take on that 100 yard slider or do a, choose a pretty impossible task of doing a hundred yard high and a hundred yard back low. And as I experienced that, that hundred yard low would not have gone well um, after doing our challenge that we eventually agreed upon. But I still am very convinced that the hundred yard slider would have gone even worse. Um, so that's why I, refused to choose that one and was willing to uh, put the prowler out there at all costs. And I think at one point you texted me like, why are you doing this to me? Cause I, in fact, I was doing it to you. Maybe I was doing it for you, but not to you because I really wanted you to make that choice of going against this thing that you hated the sliders or putting the sliders in the hands of, of Joe Sarno, who's shown that he's dominated that movement. I mean, I think he holds the, uh, the feed, the cat records, a uh, 10 second slider in like 3.6 seconds. So at, at the time, were you, were you thankful or like you wanted to punch me in the face for making that challenge? Absolutely. Punch you in the face, the latter. Um, I appreciate it, that. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as I've said in recent podcasts with you, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have worked alongside you now with coaching and I, we've become close enough friends. That I've gotten inside your brain enough to know you and know that you love to put people in those kinds of situations and force them to choose. And, uh, you know, make them face their demons, quote unquote. Uh, so I knew that was my, that was your challenge to me. That was what you were trying to drive me towards. And uh, I, <laughs> I was just so convinced that the sliders would have went all, uh, terribly for myself uh, that I, I was willing to do the prowler. But uh, fortunately, we came upon something more reasonable, I feel. Um, hopefully everyone else feels that way too. And I'm sure that 100-yard slider will show up in my life again at some point. Um, and I'll hate you just as much whenever it does. Oh, it will. It might be on your wedding day, man. You might be doing it right before the ceremony. <laughs> be a lot of bad things out there. So people may say, well, how'd you go from that one challenge to the challenge that these guys actually did? Well, they, we couldn't agree on anything, so I let them agree on it together. So they, they came up with and agreed on the challenge that they had. So I was not favoring anyone. Uh, it was not like my pick. It was their pick. They picked it. It is what it is. All right, so backing up a little bit. Uh, I got to ask about this massive transformation story of Joe Marechko. So let's talk about your challenge history. Uh, 2015, one and four. 2016, didn't even compete. 2018, 
one and three. 2019, one and three. In 2020, if you include this fall season and the regular season, you went 15 and two. What happened? A lot of things. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I think uh, my commitment changed to everything. So, uh, as you know, I'm still waiting on a, a certain call for something special, but uh, that forced me to put myself in a situation to better my body. Um, and along with that, I mean, all the all the things we talk about, all the podcasts I listen to, all the things I truly believe in and, and want to be, I desire myself to be as a man, as I'm getting older and realizing it, um, I, I've done a lot of um, empty promises to myself in the past. So uh, I've, I've really, over the course of COVID, you know, we've been home for months now. Um, it's allowed myself a lot of time for reflection and everything. But uh, there, there came a point where I just was sick of putting in all this extra time. I thought it was extra time. And you know, wasting it away, whether it was my, my social life getting in the way, my, you know, food and drink overtaking my training, things like that. So it really just came down to the fact I had to change my commitment in, in a lot of different ways. Um, so, I mean, the first and foremost, uh, we, you and I have been to Dr. Tom. I went back to him, spoke with him a bit about nutrition and everything again, uh, because it had been about a little over a year that I, we had first met him. And I did not make the progress that I really wanted to. I had made some steps in the right direction, but not totally to where I wanted to be. So having a real good discussion with him and a heart to heart, uh, deciding the path that I needed to go down, um, it really, it changed everything. Um, so fortunately I was, I was able to uh, do a couple of things. The first I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I went to TRT. I uh, started taking uh, some testosterone replacement therapy uh, what that did was just get my numbers to where a normal 31-year-old needs to be. Uh, all my numbers showed before that that I was not in the right uh, situation for my body. I was, I had the testosterone of a 60-something-year-old man. Uh, that, uh, woman, as talk, well, Dr. That, Tom that's said. That's true, right, right. Um, and that, that affects more than just, you know, the daily libido. Um, it, it, once I started getting that, it, right away I slept better. I uh, had energy throughout the day. Uh, wasn't wasn't grabbing that third, fourth, fifth cup of coffee for energy. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of things changed just my mentality on life. I was, uh, I wouldn't say more aggressive, but just definitely more focused. Things like that, not so cloudy over the course of the day. So that just feeling better overall that aided my commitment and my choice to not not just piss away money because also if you're doing that and you don't take advantage of it. Uh, as far as working out and making sure everything's in line, it, 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 there's a lot of negativity that can come from it. Um, so you, you don't want to just become a fat mess. It's not, it's not the same as steroids where if you don't work out, you just become a fat blob. But uh, it's, it, you know, th there are a lot of negatives that can come from it. So I wanted to make sure I was doing right by that and eating right and getting my sleep. Um, and back to the commitment part, that really – it changed everything again. I started to get up again at five fifteen, which I've been doing now for months. Um, and that to me, it's, that's the biggest difference in my life. I've told everybody I've convinced a few more people to start doing it, uh, whether it's necessity for their job or not, but just the discipline aspect of that, my fiance is back on board with it. Um, you know, we work out before we go to work in the morning, we go to sleep. I'm in bed. I have a, a timer on my phone. Now nine 30 reminds me every night, get in bed. It's your bedtime. If I'm not already. 
So there's a lot of things that I was willing to do. And then lastly, I'd say, I mean, you can attest to this. Um, you have the open runs, you have the optional uh, football runs. You have just the sprint sessions that we do in the mornings. I've, I've gone out of my way, not, not even gone out of my way. I've, I've just gone uh, more often than not because I want to get better. And that, I mean, that really, it, I truly feel, and, and especially in the challenges has made a significant difference because I know I've gotten faster. Um, I've shown it in a lot of the challenges. It's, it's very apparent because some of the challenges have come down to sprint speed and things like that, uh, start and stop, you know, things that we work on and it's, you know, I'm not a better athlete by any means than any of the guys in our group, but when I'm, we are out there working, 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 you know, at least once a week, maybe sometimes twice. And that's, that all adds up. And I think that has made a significant difference in my ability to compete in, in the challenges uh, of the past. Do you think it's a coincidence that uh, you and the other guy who had come the most to these sprint sessions, Jimmy Yuski, are number one and number two in the challenge standings for this fall season? I don't. And that's not an indictment on anybody else. Um, you know, I know a guy like Pete Baraji, for instance, he has to get up and go to work at, at 530. So there's no way he can come. But with that said, I, I know that, you know, you are teaching us and working on things that you're eventually going to use in challenges in our workouts uh, that you feel are important for life. And, and it's making us better uh, as athletes, as especially as, as challenge participants. So uh, I don't think, I mean, Jimmy's done a lot on his own as well, which I also, that's another difference there where, you know, years prior, unless you called me to be at the park at five fifteen or whatever time we used to go or at the gym at five thirty, I would never go on my own. And over the past year or so, I've bought my own gym equipment. I've gotten to the gym on my own. Um, I think I texted you the other day. I think I went four times in, in a row. It was it went, ended up being five at the end of last week. But five days in a row on my own, I think, was a new record for myself, which is sad and makes me proud at the same time that I went by myself. You know, I, I finally have the motivation to get there on my own without – sometimes my, my only motivation was don't let Coach Mahoney down. And I know – you knew that as I was quote unquote growing up. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think Jimmy and I, we, we've helped, we've been helped immensely by showing up at these sessions. Not only are you going on your own, you're also coordinating sessions. Like say my, Wednesday's usually my day off. You'll coordinate it with Carp or Dardito, whoever is available to go run with you. So you're, you're, you're taking a leadership role. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I mean, you know me, more than anybody uh just being a coach I, I like getting people involved I, I don't like being alone anyway so social uh <laughs> social distancing has been tough but I, I appreciate the the social aspect of it and getting people together but yeah of course a guy like Carp a guy like Derrida who is willing to put the time in because they know they need the work I, I've been there I still am there uh so when we work on sliders we're getting each other better we're we're always talking as as we do with the group you know we, we want to give each other pointers we want to work on things we're always trying to get better because we know, hey, that's, you know, that's going to help us in the challenge. And that's a real, real motivating factor for everyone. And I'd say that there are safety in numbers when you're in the park and the dark and there is a loose German shepherd running also. Yeah. So uh, it's better to have more than one person. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's a, if you were asking me on the outside, hey, what changed the most about Marechko? I would say just the consistency of showing up, which you hit on. If – what, what if somebody's listening to this and say, well, look, I, I want to win. Uh, maybe the answer is just take a TRT. Uh, is that, is that a recommendation you would make? No, it's not. Well, 
first off, I mean, the only reason to take that is if your numbers are way off like mine were. Uh, it's not just uh, it's it's not a thing to just get you over the hill. It's not something to, uh, you know, mess around with. It's it, again, it's it's not steroids per se. So it's not like when back in high school when everybody was shooting up, not not that everybody was shooting up in my high school, but back in the day, you know, just to get bigger and better and faster. It's it's something for medical reasons to, like I said, make sure you sleep better. It, it affects everything, not it affects your, your hormonal balance, not just uh, gives you more muscles or whatever. Um, but again, as I said before, if, unless you put in the time and commitment and, and change your lifestyle along with that, you are eventually ultimately going to have a net net negative, uh, result of taking that. So, uh, the, thank you for the compliment on the consistency. That is the biggest difference. And, um, you know, as for instance, right now I'm on week two of the carnivore diet. I've done a couple different spells of different diets in the past year. Uh, it's been easier because of COVID, been home, been able to um, stay out of my restaurants that I are all my accounts. So it's, it's not as appetizing to sit down and have, you know, a meal and a couple glasses of wine at, at some of my favorite accounts. But um, meal prep's been big. The workout consistency has been the biggest thing. Um, so I, I, unless you're going to unless you're going to put the time and the effort in on the back end, that, that TRT really will do nothing for you except make you worse uh, overall as a human. Yeah, I'm almost thinking about it as you're saying it. I'll I'll skip the uh, the biological impacts, but the the mental impact it seems has had on had on you to give you the drive to be consistent. I mean, that it's it's epic. So let me ask you this: When did you start with TRT? Uh, I'd say probably right around uh, January. Was it maybe maybe a little longer than January? So maybe almost a year now. Okay, because I'm linking back to the day that I think you set the tone for advanced training. March 2nd, 2020, I am enraged because of uh, the great and powerful Bobby Abarino has the belt, but like he shows up late or something, right? So he loses the belt. Now it goes to a pool challenge. I'm in a bad mood. So I schedule a pool challenge that is basically the tough man. It is a 15-yard slider to a farmer's walk to a prowler there back there uh, to another slider. So it's basically the, the tough man minus right. a sled pull, and the ground is bone dry. And we have more weight on than we normally do during a tough man. And you beat everybody. You, I mean, I think, uh, I think, I know Sarno was there. Like guys were there. It wasn't like this. Right. there was no one there. We had our dudes there. Amorosi's there. We got our, our best guys are there doing this thing. You beat everybody. You know, years before we're doing the tough man and you're not, not even coming close to first place. And you beat every single person there. You set the tone. Did, when you won that, did, did things change in your mind? Because I know you're traditionally a negative guy about yourself, usually down. You think, man, I can win this whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. That was a, uh, you know, a great morning in retrospect. Um, I, I, you know, even on a – everybody has a bad day. Um, I, I've gotten lucky even in the challenges in the fall that I, I feel like I've gotten some people on not their best days, uh, which helps. Uh, but that day, it was just something that, you know, I – put it all together and you know because of all the work we put in and things like that I were I have been you know it I've been working on my sliders forever so there has been a significant difference in my time in that and that's always been the one thing that's held me back so on that particular pool day uh the the farmer's walk and the prowler don't bother me I think that's a strength of mine uh so that kind of aided to me once I could get over that hill the sliders and uh like I said putting in all that work and, and making myself better that 
that kind of negates the negativity of the sliders for me. So that's why I think that day worked out well. And then, yes, it, it was eye-opening to me. Um, I said to myself, you know, now keep putting in the work. It's starting to pay off. That that was probably one of the biggest things in the past. I mean, I've been working out with you for years and not always seeing the results that I wanted. And that's partially, I mean, mostly on me and partially because I have very high expectations of what I want out of everything. Um, so I don't always take the same results as, as positive as you do or as a normal person would. But uh, having said that, that was really one of the first signs that, hey, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing now is really paying off and I, I belong here now. Uh, I'm not just, you know, the, the, the bottom of the barrel anymore. Like I, I can put up with these guys and, and give them a fight. And also what people don't realize, a lot, I'd say the majority of people in this world don't realize is that it takes time for things to click. I've realized it as a coach. I can teach a guy back squat for six months and then on six months and one day, it just, boom, it clicks. His body gets it. His mind gets it. And for you and a lot of guys, they get discouraged right away or in a month or two months. Now, for you, it happened to be a couple of years, but I think it started to click because of your consistency. And now it's very clear. It's all clicked. Right. It's clicked for you. So the message to the youngins out there is don't give up. Don't get frustrated. Don't beat yourself up if something's not going right because it's going to click. Your body is going to figure it out eventually. Just keep going. And that's the same, now, that's the same with a lot of things. You know, like I, you know, my diet is probably my – my biggest issue, my biggest hurdle that I have to climb and jump over. And uh, that that's something that even now is still not perfect. Uh, but you find, you know, after years of trying, you find certain things that work for you and, and you start to realize things. And, and that's, you know, it's lifestyle. It's anything. If you're working, if your career is not going in your direction, in the right direction, and you think, you know, what else can I possibly do? I've been at this for X amount of years. You know, there are so many instances in life where you just have to wait it out. And like you said, things will click you know, if you're doing the right stuff and you, and you keep at it and you're persistent. Um, so I'm, I'm glad finally, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling the results. I'm seeing the results and uh, they're, they're going down on the paper and, and on the website is proven that, that I'm putting the work in. Thank God. Aside from beating Sarno in that final challenge, was the March 2nd win your biggest win or was it another one that you thought was bigger? You know what? I, I, Obviously enjoyed that win thoroughly. It, it, like I said, it opened my eyes. But I think the win against Pete Amorosi, uh, and again, this is not an indictment on anyone else. I can never speak ill of anyone in our group. Everyone has, you know, incredible character and, and different strengths and, and uh, weaknesses on, on different things. But uh, I, I always think back to when you and I would be working out before we would coach our morning sessions at the football team that we used to coach for. Um, and Pete Amorosi would be working out there as well. And I, I, I have nothing but the highest regard for Pete. Um, but he would be doing an overhead squat with like a like a hundred pound dumbbell or so, something crazy. And Pete, by no means, is a uh, an imposing figure. Uh, he's you know shorter than me. Obviously, he's ripped. But um, you know, I remember very, very distinctly thinking to myself, "Holy hell! Like I've been working out for a long time now, and this kid." <laughs> is just ripping this out no problem uh and i i would probably rip my shoulder if i tried to pick that up above my head so uh that that kind of like motivation and i know obviously how great pete is and all the challenges uh i think he had an off year and a tough man uh, but i know he's going to come back even better this year so uh that that was a big big motivating factor for me i think i got him on a good challenge this year which uh aided me a little bit but uh beating him that was probably that one sticks out in my head the most 
That was a 10-yard slider to a farmer's walk to a prowler shot right. on July 13th, 2020. Yeah, like I said, he used, to, he used to, you know, cut my time in half on sliders, even if it was a 10-yarder. Um, so for me to work on that that much and cut that down, I think that aids in my, you know, closing the gap as far as sliders are concerned and then everything else. I, I think I can hang with anybody in our group now. And it came at a critical moment because Amorosi had just beaten Sarno, right? Yep. Sarno was going on a little bit of a winning streak. Amorosi beat Sarno. Now you beat Amorosi. Then you go to Florida and you have to hand over the belt. And we do the, uh, the crazy up the river, down the <laughs> river, prowler show right. challenge. But I, I guess that's, that's one time you had to give up the belt. The other time you had to give up the belt was to, uh, due to COVID. Right. So we're mid-workout. You are feeling sick to your stomach. You leave. We have to go to a pool challenge that workout because you were the champ. You had won three times in a row, but now we have to give it back up. That was a point that you lost. So for people that don't know, the way this works is if you win, you get three points. If you lose, you get one point. If you don't compete, you get no points. You handed over the belt to the pool and bailed on the workout because you most likely had coronavirus at that point. In hindsight, that one point was the thing that would have ended this whole challenge back in August. I'm sorry, not in hindsight, in, in looking at right. the data. In hindsight, now you know this, would you have finished that workout just to have gotten that belt three months I mean, early? that morning, it was not possible. I, I didn't even make it home before. If it was coronavirus, uh, then coronavirus took its toll on my body and my shorts. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, I mean, just the irony of it, like I said, everybody is, you know, every meme in the world right now is, oh, it's 2020, like that. That just so happened. Of course, I could have made it easier for myself uh, had had one morning been different. But um, you know, looking like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, uh, had I been able to stick it out, I would have. I don't think I could have. So I, you know, we went down the path we did. Uh, it was a tough morning. It was a tough, you know, less than twenty four hours. But um, yeah, we made the best of it. <laughs> Now, Jimmy Yuski calls you uh, Joe the Prowler Shuttle Moreshko. He clearly thinks that's like your go-to right. challenge. Is he right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, anything but sliders, really. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of the Farmer's Walk. Um, but there's – I think the Prowler is my best event. I think uh, now that I even – I bought one uh, mid-COVID, so I've had one since uh, probably mid-summer. I went out to Queens and picked it up from a gentleman who was selling uh, same as yours. So I've been able to work on that, you know, on my own. Um, and I, I just love it. It's a full body workout. It's, it allows me, I've always thought my lower half is much stronger than my upper half. So, uh, it's allowed me to perfect a lot of different things. And, um, I, I really have circled in and honed in on those small details of working to get myself better on that event. So that, I mean, you know, like I said, I can, I can be, have that advantage over people that, may not pay that close attention to the details. I'm going to say something, maybe I'm right or wrong, but I also believe that your running form, which I think is awesome, it really helps you with your shin oh. angles, with your body posture, your leg drive. So, yeah, I, I agree yeah, with you. Those, you know, I, I think your ability to those are the helps. kind of things that, you know, once, once I got very, very, very comfortable with the Prowler and – you know, I'm such a stickler, especially with the running form, not only on myself, but of anybody I coach or teach. Um, now, you know, now you try new things to get better at the prowler. Once once I mastered it as, as I was doing it, now I'm thinking, all right, what else can I concentrate on to get another step forward? 
and that yes, I, I definitely considered my shin angles. We had a we went in depth about that for a few weeks after our uh, football consortium. Um, I I really am, have thought very consciously to uh, just move my legs faster and try to try to make it more like a, a sprint than a uh, you know just get my knees pumping a lot faster. I've concentrated harder on that, and it's it's definitely working. Um, hitting it, you know, where should my arms be? I'm really tuned into everything on the prowler, and that's why I think I'm so good at it. And I like that you said knees. Like you, it's all about driving that knee forward. If you're leading with your knee, then your shin is going to be in the right. right angle. So, so we kind of alluded to this before, but I just want to get your take on it from a holistic standpoint. You said that I, you know, I, I purposely put you in situations that may be uncomfortable. Do you think that I do that to everybody? Do you think I do it more to you than everybody else? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm always going to say it's more to me, um, but that's probably just my perspective. If, I bet if you ask everybody that, they have felt either at one time or another or at many times that they're, you're trying to screw them as well. Um, like I said, I, I know you. I, I've been fortunate enough to get behind the scenes of the madman and uh, know that you love tossing people into chaos or you love, you love controlled chaos that puts people in situations to really get their metal and, and really see what they're made of. And, and if they, whether they have faith in themselves or they don't, they don't even know how maybe strong they are or how much, you know, guts they have. Um, you like to see that brought out of them or at least put them in a situation that, that will make them decide or make, make them choose. So uh, yeah, I feel that we've done a lot of things that you've and and I'm better for it and of course in in the moment you know I, like you said before I want to punch you in the face um but you come out on the other end better for it um it, it a lot of the things that we've done in the past as I mentioned in the beginning have caused me a lot of embarrassment I mean in the years past it's it has been embarrassing to not be able to finish workouts to not be able to compete in the t to be the video guy at the tough man uh, that's embarrassing you know you got a bunch of dudes and I'm getting handed the camera because I'm, I'm not ready for this yet. Um, so that all that kind of stuff has driven me. And I don't know if that psychologically goes back to, you know, having having an older brother when I was growing up or or just wanting to be so socially accepted in my group of friends that, that you know, I hate embarrassment. And that's that's pretty much my most motivating factor. I don't know. You know, that that's for another podcast, and another story. But um, <laughs> it definitely. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you try to screw me over. Yes, to answer the question. <laughs> All right. So short answer, yes. All right. Uh, so you, you, hit, you hit a lot of stuff again. What would you tell another athlete right now who's struggling to win? You know, you again, you were one and four, one and three, one and three. Now you're 15 and two. What, do you, what advice are you giving them? Yeah, the commitment and the, to your point, the consistency of your commitment. That's That's been the biggest thing. I mean, how many mornings, you know, me, I always, always think back to the, the slider in the snow uh, that morning, that had to be about a year ago now, almost, uh, where Joe Sarno, Jimmy Yuski, myself, and you uh, were doing sliders in about six inches of snow. Even if it was three inches of snow, it doesn't matter. It would, you could not touch the field. Um, and that's, that's just the kind of commitment that, you know, these guys that we work out with have. And I needed to get to that level. And, and now I'm at that level where I go, again, on my own now. Um, I'll bring my prowler on my own. I'll, I'll bring my sliders on my own. I'll try to bring guys with me. That That is something that I was never doing. And because I've now gotten to that level, 
it's the, the results speak for themselves. And I think that's my number one thing. You got to practice. I mean, it's like anything else. You, you, as I mentioned before, you have to find new ways to get yourself better in every event. So the sliders were the biggest hurdle for me. I had to figure out what, where do my arms need to be? How do, how do my legs need to be? You know, what is the wiggle good? You know, all that kind of stuff. What, what is this guy doing better than me that I can take from him? Why, why is Pete Amorosi look like he's doing it on ice? And I, I look like I'm doing it in sand, you know, it's, it's things like that, that, that really set in my mind. And I had to practice, practice, practice. And it takes, it takes time, but you have to put in that time. And I'm looking at our standings from the, the fall season that we're in right now. And you got Eppinger, uh, Morano, Damunda, Derrida, guys that might be discouraged because they don't have too many wins. But, uh, man, I think people don't even – if they look at you right now, they probably don't know that you were the guy that I didn't let it do a challenge. Yeah. But I said, hey, come film right. it, right? They're like, oh, my God, this guy's a dude, but they don't know the journey you yeah, had. Yeah, Eppinger, I mean, I, I obviously knew his younger brother. Um he he's mentioned to me one morning, I'm, I'm sneakily the most athletic guy here. I said, I'm not, I'm not that athletic at all, but uh, you know, I just put the work in and that was something that, uh, you know, even him, he's a strong dude. Uh, he's just getting used to our workouts. He knows where he's got to get better and he's, he's putting time in and the work in. And I think he, he's somebody that can make a major jump, you know, Demanda, uh, all the guys you mentioned, Morano, they, these are dudes, you know, we don't, you're not in our group if you can't put up with it. Um, I'm even impressed Rob Wallen. I don't know much about him, but he just came down and, and he's getting through it. No problem. Um, and he'll get better as well, but it's, it does come down to putting the time in. I know, you know, if the wants to go and, and take pictures of his arms in the gym, that's his business, but he's got to be out there doing the fighters <laughs> so he doesn't lose to the old guy, uh, in the challenge, you know, that, that, that's my godson, baby. That's my godson. So how how do you say you're not an athlete when at the age of twelve you hit a three hundred foot home run in Little League? Yeah, I mean, that's baseball. Uh, you're you're a baseball player, quote unquote, for some point in your life. I mean, it's not exactly you don't have to be the most athletic to be a baseball player, but um, you know a lot of the stuff. Like I said, it's there. I pretty much everybody in our group is a better athlete than me. I think. Well, I, I see a seven and one record now in this fall season, so I. I beg to differ, but let's get let's get to that point. What are your thoughts on this new format that we're using in the fall season? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's definitely a big change up from the past. So uh, the beauty of the challenges in the past were that you had to wait your turn. You had to come up with something and challenge somebody that uh, they would they feel that they have an advantage, but you want to push them to the brink of will you accept this or not? Um, you know, it's it's quote unquote, challenging their manhood on one end, but also making a smart challenge so that they would accept it and, and you know, something that you could possibly win in. That was, that was always fun. Now, uh, with you coming up with the challenges and having this season, uh, just like, a, you know, any kind of college football schedule or any other schedule, really, any sport, um, it's cool. And like I said before, it's, I feel some days I've gotten lucky, just a certain event falls on a certain day and I have a certain opponent and maybe that some of that has led to my record right now um other day if it was changed around if it was other days maybe that wouldn't be the case but um so far i've been lucky yeah but i love it yeah it's a great format i really enjoy it and i'm interested to see how the playoffs go as well so for people that aren't in our inner circle the way the challenges had worked like joe had mentioned was you come to the challenge you challenge the guy who's got the belt you 
call him out. I challenge you to X. You complete it, compete that challenge, and if you win, now you have the belt, and then someone else can challenge you at the next workout. The way we did it in this fall season was we literally made a season. So there are 14 guys. There are seven guys competing. Uh, there's seven competitions that occur each workout instead of just one. So there's a schedule with, hey, on uh, September 19th, I got this guy. September 26th, I got that guy. And now the burden of coming up with the challenge has now been placed into my hands. So because of that, I sometimes like to mess with the guys because uh, now you guys have given me a burden that I didn't <laughs> want in my life. So, so with that note, is there a specific challenge that, that I made up during this full season that you think was just awful, like an awful challenge? Uh, I mean, two weeks ago, it was week nine. I had to – my opponent was nobody else and Chris DeMunda. Um, it was a slider to a – it was a was a 25-yard slider to a prowler shuttle and then another 25-yard slider. So, um, again, I don't know – if I don't know if you look at – I believe you do. You look at the – the opponent matchups and and then you come up with a challenge uh, because this one was, I, I thought it, it gave Chris Demunda a real good chance against me being that I had two 25 yard sliders and he's very good at them. He's probably half my weight. Um, but other than that, uh, that was a tough one because just the prowler, you, you know, when you're going all out, which you obviously want to do on the first slider, that 25 yards, that's a, that's a long distance. And then the prowler shoulder, you have to give it your all. And, I, I was just sapped by the, the last leg of that, the last 25-yard uh, slider. So um, I <laughs> I think around 15 yards I pulled up. I knew I had some time, uh, but I had to get back to it and, and finish it up. And I think I, I won by a few seconds. Um, I feel like, like I said, that was just experience and myself knowing the clock in my head. And that's something that somebody that, that's been doing these challenges forever can appreciate and understand, whereas maybe one of the new guys – don't necessarily know that. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, things that you can maneuver and manipulate. Uh, and I think, like I said, I won that challenge, but that was a tough one. I, I did not feel great after that. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Eppinger, that was the one where he was going That's to right. puke mid slot, got up and That's left right. and DQ. Right. So well, guys sometimes realize, I think the more astute guys in the group realize is that on many of these challenges, there is a subtle twist. So for that one, it was a 25-yard slide. You get up, you go to the high handle of a prowler, you push it 25 yards, you push it back to the original start point of your prowler, then you run back to where your original sliders were and have to slider back. The twist with that was a lot of guys get up with their slider and kick them. So they, the trick was, how do I get up off my slider and make sure it's relatively in the same spot so when I get off of this prowler, I don't have to go searching for my sliders. And, and we do that a lot. I don't think a lot of people pick up on it. Some do. Some don't, some don't even listen when I send out a video of what this thing's going to be. They just show up and say, what's the challenge, which kind of, it kills my soul when somebody says that, or they don't know who they're going against. Like, how do you not have this stuff right. mapped out? I mean, when, when Trunzo was in the group pre uh, issue that he had with the tick, uh, he, he was telling people like on in September, like happy Halloween carp. I'm, I'm going against you on right. Halloween. Like he's thinking about ruining people's Halloween in September. Yeah, As far as the actual event, like you said, there, there's always a twist to it. And I, I always think back years ago at Bloomingdale Park, you told me that Ryan Smith, you know, he he formulated and, and realized that instead of rushing, rushing, rushing in transitions during the tough man, he was just as good, if not faster, taking his time and, and getting to each place and getting, you know, set up and rested as opposed to the guy that, you know, what I was doing in the first place was 
you know, getting up as fast as possible from those sliders, maybe losing a step because, yes, you kick a slider out and you fall. Or whatever the case may be, hitting the prowler at the wrong distance or not being ready to pick up the farmer's walk, whereas if, if you just slowed it down. So those are the kind of things that, yes, after you do it time and time and time again, you realize, yeah, this is something that I'm, I'm not going to waste energy over here. I'm going to be smarter about it, work better at it, and and do it better and faster and, and ultimately have a better time. And then, yeah, as far as planning ahead and, and knowing what's coming, I, it's, I, I firmly believe in the more that I'm listening to audiobooks, uh, the more that I'm reading, the more that I'm understanding uh, different philosophies and stuff from very successful people, whether they're athletes, business people, um, the, the, the vision, the, the, the foresight that, that people have, uh, that's something that plays a big part. So, I mean, they always talk about guys, you know, you name it, a Tom Brady, a Michael Jordan, that they, they're able to close their eyes and see that last play way before it happens. You know, they're, they're thinking about that, if not weeks in advance of the championship game, they're thinking about it, you know, the night before where they're in a certain situation, they close their eyes, they, they can vision it. And they, that helps them if that opportunity comes and that, that situation arises. And that's something that when you draw these things out on napkins, yes, I have to watch that video, then then close my eyes and say, all right, what are we, what are we looking at here? So that, I, I specifically remember doing that. I think it was one of the first couple challenges where the slider had to go in and out of the uh, cones. That was something that, to me, I, I played it in my head over and over. We got to the field. I, I did not go first that week, so I was able to watch some other guys do it and then relate it back to my thinking in the first place, and that, that helped me immensely. So I, I love that you hit on vision. The next and last three questions I'm going to have for you are going to be about vision. The This first question of the last three is, right now, the way this thing works, there's a postseason. We have 14 teams, and then we're going to break those 14 – sorry, 14 people. At the end of it, we're going to go into a postseason that looks like an NCAA bracket style. So right now you're the second seed because we only have 14 groups. The number one seed and the number two seed are going to get a bye. How important for you is it to get a buy, or do you not even care? I didn't care in the first place. Now looking at it and understanding it more in my head and seeing where the standings are right now, it's extremely important. Um, I mean, not that not that one side of the bracket is easier or tougher than the other, but uh, just getting that first round by, getting a week to getting a week off, um, you know, skipping a potential horrible situation where God knows what challenge that week is going to bring. Uh, that's, that's crucial. You know, just it's, it saves your lifeline. Um, so I, I mean, when they were just talking about this on the radio yesterday, how, how maybe the Steelers, whether they are in first place, do they sit their guys the last week of the season, if they're going undefeated, if they have the playoff spot locked up or do they have to go for it because the Kansas city chiefs are right up their tail and fighting for that number one seed because, they want home field advantage or whatever the situation the playoffs are going to bring this year. But uh, there's all different kinds of scenarios. We'll see how the, we only have what, two weeks left. Uh, we'll see how the standings shake out and, you know, how the pairings match up. But uh, it's, I, I, I give it a lot, a lot, a lot of weight uh, as far as getting a buy in that first round. Okay. Second vision question, that belt, you had the belt in your house since August. It was sitting on your steps yes, the sir. last time I saw it. Was was that was that a way for you to visualize? Like, I need to win this thing. Like, why was it sitting there, right out in the open? Uh, one, I didn't know which week we were going to go, so I didn't feel like moving it. But two, yes, I would walk in my house, and <laughs> you've made it a point to tell me in the past. You know, write something down, put it on your mirror, put it on 
in your car, put it wherever you're going to see it every day. So whether that was a weight goal, whether that was a, a motivational uh, tactic for getting to the work, getting to workouts, getting to the gym, whatever the case may be, uh, I, I've always felt that that is a, a, a determining factor in whether you're going to actually be motivated to complete a goal. So having it there, yes, it, it again, going back to the embarrassment thing that I didn't want it sitting there. I didn't want my fiance knowing that, you know, oh, it's still there just because I'm waiting for this challenge to come. I didn't want people coming to my house to go and what, what is that? What are you still watching wrestling? Like what's going on with you? And I'd have to explain it to them and then say, oh, by the way, it might not be here in a month because I'm going up against the biggest, baddest dude we have and, and I'm probably going to lose. Um, so that, it, it going back to that motivational uh, tactic of, of just kind of embarrassing myself or, or the fear of embarrassment really drove me enough to uh, make sure that I was putting the work in. Where is it now? It is in my quote unquote man cave, but it'll be, it'll be at the field tomorrow right. so we can take a picture. For the That's rest right. of your life, man, That's they can't right. take it'll it away from you. Well, sooner your life. or later, it'll be up on a, probably a plaque or a, uh, in a box, you know, glass box, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe uh, you yeah, wear it really. to the it wedding. My, to date, it's, you know, besides convincing my fiance to say yes to me, uh, it's probably my proudest uh, accomplishment to this date. That is awesome, man. That that means a lot to me. Uh, probably shouldn't mean anything to me, but because it's your your win. But damn, that means a lot to me. Okay, l- last thing. Uh, we talked about this formula. We talked about it a while ago. This is pre, I don't know, maybe even pre-COVID because you were a guy that's been resistant to, to make this change in your life. It's a formula, you know, Jimmy Yuski did the uh, the happiness equations with me. So this kind of is, is kind of linked to that a little bit. It's D times V times F has to be greater than R. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, the R is this resistance to change. And to overcome that resistance to change, you have to have D, a dissatisfaction with the status quo, a V, a vision of what success looks like, like, yeah, I can actually do this, and then an F to take first steps. So for you, and I know you hit on it a little bit, just which one of those things gave you this power to overcome that resistance to the change that you weren't making in your life? As the formula states, it has to be you know, a culmination of all three things adding up to be greater than the resistance. Uh, in the past, my, the scales have been imbalanced. The resistance has always been there. Uh, it's always weighed more just because I've had so many excuses and so many reasons, so many rationales in the past, whether again, it's, it was just, what am I doing this for? Whether it's uh, the going out with the boys is more important than, than what's going to come next week in the workouts, uh, whatever the case may be. But I think ultimately of the, the three options, dissatisfaction, vision, or first step. Um, dissatisfaction was the, the biggest driver for me. I just finally, you know, I've said it before in this podcast and others that I, I'm, I was just fed up with it. It's been, it's been how long I'm 31. I'm not getting any younger. And you know, that biologically, uh, the, the peak of a male, you know, obviously tends to head the bell curve as you get older. So, um, I was just not happy with where I was at all the work that I had done, the results that I was getting, not where I wanted to be. So I guess that goes into the vision of what, where do I want to get to? What did I need to change? Um, what was I not happy with? And so the dissatisfaction is probably the biggest thing. And that, that obviously, again, that caused me to take different first steps than I had in the past. So it all, all adds up, but I'd say D was the biggest thing, dissatisfaction. I don't know what movie it was, but it's just somebody saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. A corny line, but I guess it does 
that D is huge, then then it's going to help you overcome. And you see a lot of people that don't overcome that resistance to change. Maybe they're not really as unhappy right. as they say they are. Like they're just not unhappy. Enough. I'm overweight, but I I like this. I like that yeah. brownie way more than I don't. Yeah, like you and I have talked about overweight. that. That's exactly right. Yeah. That dissatisfaction has to be great. And it's, you know, we live great lives as Americans for the most part. Are people really that unhappy? I mean, are you that moved? You know, I always think back to like people that came over on a raft from Cuba or wherever. They, any immigrant that was so, so unhappy in their lives that they, they took risks, you know, they took they took everything that they had and came to America just on a hope and a whim. And that's, that's obviously much greater than me losing five pounds. But uh, the fact of the matter is you have to get to that point of saying, that's it. I've had enough. And that this is, this is now not worth what I've been doing. But to your point, if you are, yeah, I'm, I'm having great dinners every night and it's, it's very easy yeah, to cook a cheeseburger and then add fries on the side. It, that's so much easier because it's more delicious and, food science has come such a long way that it, it, it gets to you in your brain that yes, this is much more delicious than that piece of salmon, that, that dry piece of salmon that corp in your case, what are you eating? Like sardines and, and beans and sauerkraut, you know, what, who's, who's going to want to do that naturally <laughs> without having that kind of uh, angst and motivation, but it has to be there. It has to come from within. And to, to a certain point in my life, it was not there that that was just, I was too, you know, setting my ways, I was too willing to look the other way on things. And that, that caused a lot of, uh, you know, issues for me that, that it only came to a certain point where I said, all right, enough's enough. I love it, man. Good messages for everybody here. Congratulations. I am really super, super proud of you. Uh, we will see each other sat. We'll see each other tomorrow. We're going to see each other Saturday. And then we have the Thanksgiving Tough Man coming up this upcoming Thursday. So uh, yes, sir. Let's make the magic happen. Hope to see more than just you tomorrow uh, at the extra session. But thanks for everything, Coach. All right, man. Congratulations. Awesome work. This episode is brought to you by the Nutrition Treatment Center. Are you feeling tired, fat, bloated, weak? Yet at the same time, you're training like you've never trained before. You're eating cleaner than you've ever eaten before. Well, maybe you're doing everything right but there's something wrong inside your body that's counteracting all the good things that you're doing. It's kind of like driving down the Garden State Parkway with your foot on the gas pedal, but you're not getting anywhere because the parking brake's on. And in the world of nutrition, that parking brake could be food sensitivities. For example, you could be eating grilled chicken, but it's actually making you fat. Or you could have a micronutrient deficiency. If you're feeling tired, fat, bloated, weak, and you think you're doing everything right, go visit our friend Dr. Tom over at the Nutrition Treatment Center. If you tell them that Advanced Training referred you, he will take 25% off your first consultation fee. This man legitimately changed my life. He brought me from, and I'll just say the numbers, 19.5% body fat, a guy who trained all the time, down to 12% body fat. I lost weight while eating more, and I've never felt better. And I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm not a young man, and I've never felt better. This guy saved my life. I 100% believe in what he's done. Again, visit Dr. Tom over at the nutritiontreatmentcenter.com.